Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, I don't know where you are. Uh, welcome to interview number two. Um, of, I, don't, I still don't know what to call this. I will, I will think of something. Uh, if you have ideas, please just drop it in the comment section or send a message through whichever social channel you wish to. So this is interview number two with Shivani Passad. She is an international model coming back and forth from New York, Toronto, uh, over to here, which is where we caught up. The first time we met was over in Toronto. That was good fun. We managed to get a 45 minute portrait shoot done in a very random car park. It sounds dodgy than it was, it was fine. Um, the pictures are actually linked below. They're now on my portfolio. And yes, I hope you enjoy this. This is interview two. Here we go. Okay, so today we have Shivani joining us from Toronto, who's thankfully here and mm -hmm. I don't have to go there, but it's cold. <laughs> so, could you give yourself a quick intro as to how, yeah, who you are, what you do, mm -hmm. and then we'll get into the questions. Okay. Do you want me to look at you or look at the camera? Uh, either way. Okay. Um, well, explaining to you would be weird because you know me. <laughs> but, um, hi, I'm Shivani. I'm a model. I'm 27. I live in New York City and um, I've been modeling for seven years. So I started a little bit later because I was in university um, finishing up two degrees, which I'm so happy to be done um but um yeah i started modeling when i was 20 and i didn't start fully doing it until i was 23 like full time so it's been four good full time years now and also as a result of modeling and being in new york i think um there's a lot of like political things that happen and there's a lot of activist activist type situations that you end up getting in when you're a model. And if you're into that kind of thing, um, you can become an activist or, you know, just somebody who gives a shit about stuff um, really fast, which is what happened to me. So because like one of my degrees is in political science, I was always interested in politics, but then being a model made me get interested in things like, um, you know, diversity and uh, sexual harassment and, you know, um, labor protections and things like that. So. Now I'm also on uh, I'm a, I'm on the advisory board for the Model Alliance, which is great because I get to do awesome things like research for them and work on policies that like actually go to like the New York State government and stuff. And um, I also have my own podcast um, called More Than Model Radio on iTunes, where I interview a different girl every episode, and we just talk about modeling to a certain extent only if it has to do with like adversity within modeling but we mostly talk about the girls themselves because i really started that podcast because i was so sick of people leaving me out of important conversations so we're just really trying to get rid of that stigma that models are like stupid or they only care about like clothing and fashion and so yeah that's a little bit about me all right, cool. So I'm just going to pick up on a few things that you mentioned there. Okay. Uh, so for those who don't know, what is the Model Alliance? The Model Alliance, good question. <laughs> the Model Alliance is, okay. <laughs> the Model Alliance is um, the union basically for models in New York. So there was never a union before. And then my friend Sarah Ziff, who's the, the founder and like director of the Model Alliance, she just was experiencing so many, so much adversity in the workplace. And so there's so many things like, you know, nothing in our industry is regulated. Mm -hmm. And so she just was going through so many things that she, she was like, what the hell? There has to be some kind of like regulatory body for this because like people are just taking advantage of us. And so she just created it herself. And in what way were they taking advantage? Different things like, you know, there's so many issues with modeling. Obviously, sexual harassment is a big one. Um, also, payment is a really big one. And then also just like, you know, there 
just not being any regulation in terms of like, okay, overtime or, um, you know, an editorial rate versus a commercial rate versus this girl's rate versus that girl's rate or, or like, um, you know, longevity of modeling. Like sometimes people just stop and then it's like, okay, well I didn't finish high school cause you told me I was going to be a supermodel and now I have nothing to fall back on. Like just right. so many things. Right. So mm-hmm. she was like, there has to be some kind of a body where we can create like labor protections yeah. for girls and provide like service and support, um, in some kind of essential organization I see right mm-hmm. so that would be really useful here because I don't think there's anything like that in London either there isn't in London in terms of labor protections like in terms of an actual like policy type like charitable organization mm-hmm. but I have a couple friends that run um, this little I don't know if you call it an organization but they run a group called model village okay. um, and that's like a really cool community for models like I was a part of it when I was here but that's more like um, for fun stuff. Like they do like events or you club stuff or you can get free meals here or whatever. There's like a central hub oh, cool. kind of thing, but it's not really like a, uh, That's po- a bit like, well, politics those, thing. Those benefits are a bit like the Into app. Yes, exactly. Right. Yeah. All right, cool. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to think of one of the things you mentioned in your intro because there was a lot of things. <laughs> uh, right, let me think. So you mentioned that you did two degrees. Yes. Right, so what were the two? One was political science? Yeah, so I have an honors degree in in political science and a Mm -hmm. bachelor's degree in French. Cool. So how did the political science, like what happened in New York at the time to make you use your platform? Like how did you merge the two? Like Mm -hmm. what was the trigger? So many things. I I mean, I guess being like a person of color in this industry, you notice a lot of things. And Mm -hmm. studying politics made me realize that like politics is everywhere and politics is in everything. And as you can try to stay away from it, but you can't. Now, one of the things that I loved about it and one of the reasons I wanted to study it was because I noticed it's one of the things that like you just can't get away from it. Because even if you have no opinion, like you fall somewhere on that spectrum. Everybody does. And that influences like every decision you make in your life. It's who you are. Right. Mm -hmm. So that really began with me realizing like how I was being treated differently in this industry because of my skin and because of how I look and because I'm not like, you know, a conventional or your average like blonde hair, blue eyed model or whatever. I'm also not your average size or shape for a model either. Mm -hmm. So I was just noticing how I was getting treated differently and, you know, kind of where that puts you on the hierarchy of things. And in any hierarchy, obviously there's power. So that kind of just came politics just kind of slowly started feeding its way in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, diversity became a really big thing in our industry, which was great. Um, but I wanted to make sure it was like longevity and diversity, and not, not just like just... tokenism, you know? Yes. Um, so that's how I started getting involved in sort of like advocating for the brown girl type of thing. Mm-hmm. Like whenever I do things or whenever something great happens, like if I post on Instagram, I always say like, this is for my brown girls because when I was growing up, I didn't have anybody that looked like me to look at. Like, it was like, I was really into like Tyra Banks and Naomi Campbell and mm-hmm. those girls because like they at least, their skin color was somewhat like mine, you know? Yeah. But um, there wasn't really an Indian girl. And even when I used to watch, I, I did like Bollywood dance for like 10 years of my life. And even when I did that, you know, all those girls are super white. Yeah. Like they're Indian, but their skin is so light. So that's why like Kajal was like my favorite actress ever because she at least kind of looked like me, you know? Yeah. And so those kind of things lead can lead into these activist kind of activism roles, mm-hmm. um, advocacy roles, sorry. And in Toronto, there wasn't really a space for that. But in New York, it's such a political city. There was so many events and panel discussions and workshops and for stuff. Sure. So that started getting me involved in, in that 
at like an advocacy level, which eventually turned into activism with models becoming so powerful now mm. as like influencers and stuff. Yeah, I mean, that's something I might touch on later because with social media coming in, it's just a very different, I don't want to say a different game because you have the models. But it is a different there. game, yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. It, it is. is. Because, I mean, do you see a difference in how influencers are treated versus um, like just straight models who aren't using their platform for influence? Is that really anything that tends to happen? Yeah, I think so many companies now I'm noticing are preferring girls who, models, who do something other than modeling. Yeah. So like Nordstrom just did a campaign where like they were looking, they were in the casting brief specifically asking for girls who are activists, girls that run their own business, girls who not only have a good following, but also like are interested in things. Yeah. Right. And, and I, like, I just did a campaign for, um, the makeup company for Bare Minerals, mm -hmm. which is my second campaign for them. But this time they had me shortlisted and I saw all the lists of girls and like all the lists of girls they had shortlisted were like all of them were on my podcast. Right. So, because like they were just all looking for girls who like do something different. And so I think they're, they're really looking to inspire now a lot. So it's less about how you look and more about, you know, who are you as a person? What's your personality? What are you doing to try to change the world? Like that's becoming more of like a real thing. Yeah. Cause you can't just take pictures at face value anymore because no, the yeah. internet is such that you, if they figure out that the person who's behind their campaign just is not legit in what they're saying. Yeah. It, it's not great for the person who just hired them to start with. Right. And people question everything these days. And, and it's so easy for people to find out your BS. <laughs> so yeah, everyone has skeletons. So you can't, you can't BS anymore. Even these large companies, like, I mean, look at what's happening with H and M right now with that, um, that African-American child in this, the sweater. Did you see? I heard about this yesterday. Yeah. Didn't get any details. Okay, so basically there is um, a black kid wearing yeah. a sweater that says like coolest monkey on the block or something oh, no. and it's just like, you know uh, How in what world did that pass? Did you, you think that that was okay? Yeah, like yeah. and it must have been somebody like a who isn't a person of color because a person of color I would hope would yes. be like, you know, there's some historical negative connotation happening there. Like it's not okay. And it's not really for someone like me or you to comment on in a sense, because like that doesn't affect our community Yeah. in the yeah, sense that like, because like, yes, we're of color, but we're not black. So it's like, right. it's intersectional. Right. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like it's, it's very obvious that that's just like not politically correct to do. Yeah. That's just too, yeah, I mean, it's literally common sense would have kicked in, but, but it's literally like having a white kid in a sweater that says something about a cracker. Like you can't yeah, do that. Just, you know, like it just doesn't, it's like the whole Kendall Jenner, Jenner Pepsi thing. Like mm -hmm. how did this go through so many levels before somebody said, you know, that might be incorrect, you mm -hmm. know, and now they're getting blasted for it. And like, it's a huge company. Does it really matter in the long run? Maybe not, but people are noticing and that's right. And sometimes you have to question, are they sometimes doing this deliberately just to get attention? Blood? Maybe who knows? You because never know anymore. <laughs> that is the problem. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that is fake news. One. Yeah. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> I hate the fact that that's become such a common term. I know, but it is true. So I was going to ask you what you do outside of the modeling, but you could you kind of just answered it. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll ask you a different question. Okay. If you weren't modeling, mm -hmm. what would you be doing? Okay. So we asked that on my podcast too. Okay. So that's interesting. Um, 
So the reason I studied political science in French is because I wanted to work for the government in Canada in some sort of like a communication aspect. So I, I kind of was, my plan was to work um, for for the provincial government in Ontario, okay. which is, uh, Ontario is the province that Toronto's in, for anyone who doesn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted to work on like media for nonpartisan campaigns. Okay. I'm not super interested in partisan politics because the, the the major parties in Canada is like conservative and liberal, which is like Republican, Democrat, but like not to that extreme. Okay. Most people are pretty centrist in Canada, but um, I'm just not really interested in partisan politics. I think there's a lot of like informational campaigns that come out that are a lot more effective and like informing and educating people. And so I was more interested in doing like the media communication for that stuff. Um, And that's really what I wanted to do. And in Canada, speaking French, if you work for the government is like a huge asset. I also just love French. So that's why I took it. But yeah, that's what uh, I'm hoping to do. I I wanted to like kind of facilitate those campaigns on a provincial level. That was what I really wanted to do. All right, cool. Do you reckon you'll do that after like, because everyone's (laughs) Has a, has a longevity. Yeah. No, because then I realize it, it's still working for the government. And I, mm. I think, like, the more research that I do and the more, like, I become involved in things politically, the more I realize, like, the government may be not be where it's at. Like, they right. may not be getting anything done, really. Whereas I notice media lately has had such an effect on people and that informs people that affects people that makes people want to know what's going on that makes people want to get out there and do something and vote i think that that creates more not that voting is like the epitome of you know yeah but yeah, that's, that's the tool yeah exactly but i'm just saying it gives people tools i think media gives more people tools than than the government has been doing lately yeah. and so i realized that now my my kind of perspective on things has changed and it's less about the government um although yeah there is a, of course importance to that but i've been more interested um on being involved in like a political media um level i understand what you mean yeah all right cool mm-hmm. so it's still it's influencing it but not being part of the system that governs yeah okay yeah essentially yeah the, the, i have issues with the system i think <laughs> You'd be hard-pressed to find someone who doesn't. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) All right, cool. So, in terms of the industry that you do work in, Mm -hmm. what would you say was the best piece of advice that was given to you, maybe when you're starting up, or even now that you're into your career by several years, maybe the best piece of advice at either point, Mm -hmm. or in general? Even when I first started, and this is still the best advice I've ever gotten, my, uh, my mother agent in, well, I have two in Toronto, like, two agents at the same agency, but uh, my mother agent, uh, Cynthia Cully, who owns Spot6 Management Toronto, which is my mother agent, she told me, just don't compare yourself to other people. Right. Like, it's not worth it. You guys are all different. Not only are you different in like size and shape and color and whatever, but also just like your skill as a model. Like some models are really good at e-com. Other models are really good at campaign. You know, mm-hmm. there's just no point in comparing yourself to other models because everyone's experience and journey is wildly different. How long ago did, did she say this to you? She probably said it like six years ago, See, that, <laughs> like a that, long time ago. That's the thing, because like, if I think about sometimes what sort of trends in and out of social media, it tells what it tells like what comes in on my YouTube page or you know Facebook feed. Yeah, mental wellness comes in every now and then. Mm-hmm. It's nice to know that someone back, I say back then. Yeah. But you know, this is six years ago, sort of the infancy of social media. Yes, right? yes. That they were still thinking about that then. Yeah. But it's because right? it's intrinsic in us as models, I think, right? Because it's yeah. the basis of our job is to just 
be judged. Yes. So we, yeah, so we are so used to it and, and, and it's really easy to compare yourself and you know, if you cast for a job and then you see the girl that gets it and you're like, oh shit, like what she has it? this and that that I don't have. Once you remove that, like totally remove that from mm -hmm. the equation, it becomes so much easier. You just go, you do your casting, you don't even think about it after, you know? Like it's not, what's done is done. There's no point. Yeah. And, and she's so right. And that, that, that resonates with me even now. Like there's just no point in comparing yourself to other people. Everyone is so different. And mm -hmm. especially like, it's so hard, it's so easy, sorry, when you don't get a job to think about, you know, there's a million reasons why they didn't choose you. It's yeah. not because they don't think it, I mean, it may be, but there's so many reasons other than, oh, you're not a good model or you're not pretty or you're fat or whatever the hell like these crazy people could be thinking. Mm -hmm. It could be so many other things than that. So it's just not even worth thinking about it. Like you just go and you do your best and you leave and that's it. And that's like the best advice that I've ever gotten. Wow. Yeah. She's a very smart woman. Very. <laughs> yeah. Because mental wellness is something that you know needs to be kept yeah, at the forefront with any job actually yeah because 100 because people sometimes think okay this is the job and that's what you're going to do and they leave the people behind yeah this happens in every field right um more but it's obviously more prevalent here because you're being judged purely on your image right and people especially being people of color right you know, i i experience this as well as a photographer i'm like, sure you do if i'm reaching out like for the longest time i get my account Anonymous as a who, who it was, it had my name. Yeah. And anyone who like knows Nation name knows like, okay, that's like a Sikh person. Yeah, yeah. But there were times where I was like, okay, let's just see, let's just do an experiment. Let's just switch everything anonymous. Yeah. And just see the interaction, who gets in touch. I'm like, oh, look. Yeah. It's all changed. And only at the start of this year have I actually switched that up now because I thought, you know what? I've got enough confidence in my work and it's backlog for about a year. Yeah. To say, okay, any preconceived notions you may have, just scroll down yeah and probably just get blasted straight out the window and more so you'll probably see people you know yeah exactly so, like i'm sure like if you're testing with someone new and you've seen someone else who's tested with them i hope that you get in touch and say is this person a creep oh um, always yeah. always <laughs> yeah yeah so that was just something yeah that was just my two cents yeah no i totally know what you mean cool so on the flip side of that question what was the worst piece, piece of advice that you've been given or have seen being given out to others. Yeah. To lie. Oh. Like when agencies ask you to lie about things, I just think like, okay, there are certain instances where, and you'll hear this and very successful people do this to you, like a little bullshit goes a long way. Mm. Like if you've never done e-com before, you might not want to say that. You might want to be like, you might be like, oh yeah, whatever. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like I can understand that because sometimes you just need to do that to get your foot in the door and then you can be great at it. Yeah. But and like, you know, there's little white lies and things that I can understand if, if an agency maybe tells you to do that. But I don't like it when agencies ask me to lie about my age or my height or things like that. Yeah. Um, you know, I just, those things are so natural to me and I have no poker face. Like I'm really bad at lying. So, <laughs> and I just think that that's wrong. Like I'm yeah. 27 and you want me to say that I'm 23? Like I, no. if they don't want to work with me because they think I'm old, first of all, I know that I don't look old. So I was gonna say, it's an image based imagery yeah. industry. So just, you can guess how old I am by how, like just judge me on how old I look. Exactly. Yeah. But even if, you know what I mean? It's just like, that's just, that's just fucked up mm. to do. You know what I mean? So you're going to ask me to lie. Like what if I, I then need to fly somewhere with that client, they're going to see my passport. Then that's going to become an awkward thing. Yeah. Why not just tell the truth? 
you know? And like, I, if it's especially like, it's something that I'm not ashamed of. I'm not ashamed that I'm 27. Like I'm, so why should I lie about that? You know, if a client wants to work with a younger girl, then they can work with a younger girl. Then don't, mm. just don't send me, you know? Exactly. Like, like it shouldn't really matter because it shouldn't it's at not all. something which affects the image. Right. Like from a photographer's point of view. Exactly. Like, I know people who, you know, are much younger in age, but look older than their years. Or they, or they photograph older. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, well, okay. I know it's just it's just how it is. It's one of those complicated things, which yeah, you just need to be wary of. Yeah, and I just don't like being asked to like not tell the truth. Like yeah, you know, someone knows someone who knows the actual truth. Yeah, exactly, and it's just not worth it. Like that lying is never the answer, man. Like those kind of lies, you know. Like yeah. I just don't like that, and I think that's the worst advice ever. You should live. You should always live in your truth. You should be like, and you know what? Like I like it when I'm like, hey, I'm 27, and someone's like, oh, you look great. Like, I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I, I freaking work hard <laughs> to, to try to look whatever. Like, I, you know, and I take that as a compliment. And I'm like, not, and I mean, there's obviously a certain point where that's a little ageist too, because like, it's like, what should a 27 year old look like? And what is old? Like, yeah. you know, whatever. Like, that's all relative, you right? being like in your teens and thinking that in the 20s. Oh you my God. Everything figured out. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I remember, like, my brother's eight years older than me. Right. And I remember, like, being younger and when he was, like, in his 20s, being just like, oh my God, like, I can't wait to be your age. And, like, do all these cool things and not have to ask to go out and like just live life, you know? Yeah. And now I'm like, oh my God, bills. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's, yeah. that's what I'm discovering. Cause I've been, yeah. I've been here like a year mm. and I've never, I never, I didn't live out for uni or anything like that. Oh, okay. So this is like the first moving out experience. Yeah. And I was like, oh wow. Like, yeah, bills are a thing. Yeah. It's like a real thing where you got like save for and they come out every month and it sucks. Mm-hmm. But honestly, that's the worst advice I've ever gotten. I just don't think that, I just think living in your truth now more than ever is so important and just lying about any part of yourself I just don't think it's worth it especially as someone who may be on social media right well that's what my initial thought was whenever somebody's I was like I literally put my my age up for my birthday every year yeah I'm like thanks for wishing me happy 27th or whatever you know like I just I don't see the point in lying that's yeah that's the worst advice all right cool so before I ask you what you're going to be doing next, so you're currently here uh, for the week. Yes, just a week. <laughs> what are you doing while you're here? While I'm here, I... I you allowed to say. I am, yeah. So I haven't uh, been in London for over a year, probably almost two years I haven't been here. No, no. A year and a half, probably, okay. that I haven't been here. And um, even in that sort of beginning part of 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 2016 when mm-hmm. I was here for I think I came in like March once or something mm-hmm. um I was I wasn't living here I just came like for one-off jobs mm-hmm. um and so because I haven't been here so long and now that I'm kind of based in New York it's kind of still worth it for me to come here and see clients and for campaigns or money jobs or even if it's for e-com if someone's gonna book me like block off time Mm -hmm. then that might be worth it because there are times when like New York is not as busy or whatever Mm -hmm. and so I'm here doing castings and then also um I had two days of work with one of my favorite clients here which which is Oasis Fashion that I used to work with all the time when I lived here so awesome yeah (laughs) okay so jumping back into slightly deeper questions because I realized I just got this order completely wrong (laughs) um bear with me guys it's the second one no worries you're doing great so (laughs) What would you say had, has been your best failure? Okay, so this does not have to do with modeling. All right, perfect. Um, but it really launched me into modeling. Right. So I applied for my master's when I graduated with my, from my second degree. 
Um, I applied for a master's in labor policy at my uh, labor study, sorry, at my same university, McMaster University in uh, in Canada. And they only took 10 people for this program. Mm -hmm. And I tried to like do my due diligence. Like I worked really hard. I tried to get good grades. And I think my grades were just, just where they needed to be. Yeah. Um, and I went and like met the professors and I met the director of the program. I had friends in the program. Like I thought, you know, I had an in, like I was going to be fine. Yeah. And then I didn't get in and I was like, Oh, holy shit. Like, what is, what am I going to do? What is my life? And like in Canada, college and university are different. Okay. So, um, I applied to a bunch of colleges, just like more applied, more specific programs, less theory based, more, um, applied knowledge. Okay. And so I applied to a bunch of college programs for like postgraduate certificates, mm -hmm. um, which is just, you know, more focused study. And you have to have a degree from a university to apply to those programs. So I did, and I got into all those programs, but a lot of those, like, it's the kind of thing where like most people get in. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like really my plan. Um, and that's not to diminish that at all. They're all really great programs, but it just wasn't what I wanted, like the things that I applied for. And so when I didn't get in, I, I'm not quite sure like I've ever felt that disappointed in myself okay. ever in my life. Like I was just, it, I was with a guy that I was dating at the time. Luckily he was very supportive and my parents were super supportive. And cause I was just like crying nonstop. Like I couldn't, I was like, shit, like this is literally my life plan. What the hell am I going to do? And I, I just felt like I'd be settling if I went to, into one of those other programs that I just wasn't really mm. into. Yeah. And so I was still modeling on the side. And then um, I met my agent here, um, Lenny from Lenny's Models. And she was like, as soon as she met me, she was like, I really think that you should come to London. Like, I really want you to come so to London. So how did you meet Lenny then? Um, they did a casting at my agency in Toronto. Right. Yeah. I so I met her and then I was like, you know what? I might as well just fucking do it. Yeah. Because if I was in doing my master's, there's no way I'd be able to go spend three months in London, right? Of course not. But now that I'm, that's not an option and I kind of don't know what I'm doing with my life, maybe I should just give it a try. Yeah. And then I did. And then when I came here, um, I didn't really work that much, but it kind of just like launched me into this like, okay, maybe modeling can be like a full-time thing. Yeah. So that definitely was my greatest failure. But I think like... Um, so many great things come out of you being at rock bottom because you have nowhere else to go but up from there. So yeah, it was like my greatest failure, but was like what I needed to happen in my life. Absolutely. Cause it just by chance you met an agent and yeah, it was, it gave you the opportunity of time. Right. That's exactly what it gave you. Exactly. All right, cool. So what's next for you? Well, I just got engaged. Congratulations. Thanks. Um, so a lot of my life now is uh, us like trying to find a house and maybe planning a wedding and that kind of stuff. But because, um, you know, for me, relationships are very important. Like I'm very close with my family. I'm super close with a lot of my friends. And, you know, to me, like my, my fiance is the greatest person in the whole world. Like, so he's a lot. He's so important to my life. Mm -hmm. So that's like kind of what we're focusing on right now. But in terms of work, yep. um, I want to keep modeling for as long as I can, even though I'm going to live in New York and he's going to live in Toronto. Okay. Um, you know, a lot of people in our industry are married but live in separate cities because and it's not exactly a, a, a that's just far. our job. Yeah, and it's an, an hour, <laughs> and I go home all the time for work, so it's fine. Um, so I want to keep modeling for as long as possible, but I want to to really really dive more into a lot more activism and a lot more of the other stuff that I'm doing, whether it's model reliance, model alliance related, mm -hmm. um, research related. Um, and just like, I really want to start working on my YouTube and just building my brand gotcha. as much as like, as much as possible. And just 
making sure that I build it the right way. Okay. Like when I first started on YouTube and blogging and stuff, like I told you, um, I started doing like fashion and makeup stuff because I just thought, you know, that's what girls do. Like, mm -hmm. and I am interested in that. Like, whatever, I'll do it. But it wasn't genuine because it, it wasn't really my primary interest. What yeah. I really wanted to do was talk about like inter intersectional feminism and like trending topics and politics and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So now that I feel more knowledgeable about that and now that I feel like there's actually a place for that in fashion, now I'm like, okay, that's what my brand is. Like, oh, like live shiv, whatever, my mm -hmm. Instagram. My brand is about like, being a woman, being a woman in fashion, being a woman of color, but like dealing with all these issues that are very political and very like, like they exist, yeah, <laughs> you know? No, exactly. So very prevalent is what I wanted to say. So that's kind of what I'm working on now. Like, which is kind of also like me figuring out who I am in like this process too. It is a very self-discovery yeah yeah what's literally what happened. yeah that's kind of what it is so i'm trying to figure out how to like fit that into my brand and like how i can have that like make a difference you know whether it's like you know i get tons of messages from brown girls being like oh my god like it's so cool to see you places because like we never saw anybody that looked like us like that to me like if I help one girl feel better, that's like my job is done. Mm. But there's also so many more things that I want to do. So um, it's about me now taking those next steps to get to that place, I think. Yeah, and just on that, I mean, it, that is a rewarding feeling, actually. Cause so I had, much. I'll see if I get proud of messaging me. So I'm <laughs> a CSC photographer, but um, yeah. <laughs> I, there, was a, there was a gentleman who messaged me from Toronto as well, saying, like, you know, it's so nice to see you representing out there. And yeah. I, like, you know what? I didn't think about that. Yeah. But it's nice to know that that's having a positive impact elsewhere. Right. Like, where, whereas that's not the center of my brand, I just want to be known for just doing commercial work and getting it right. Yes. Because there Tasteful, is a tendency yeah. to almost sometimes pigeonhole yourself a little bit. Right. If you define yourself as, you know, I'm just the brown guy. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just want to be the guy. Right. Right, that does great work wherever it goes. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's what I'm working on this year. Kind of, We have similar kind of career path in terms of what we're trying to do. Right, exactly. It's like this, hopefully, should it take off. Yeah, um, I'm sure it will. <laughs> that, would be the, that would be the idea. Yeah, I think it's just about like, always figuring out how to better yourself every because I know like there's a lot of girls who are in the same spot as me in terms of where we are in our careers and they're very content with that and that's awesome if that's yeah. what you want and that makes you happy but for me like being in fashion is so rewarding but it's it's not enough like I always want more and mm. That's one thing that's great with this industry too, is it pushes you to be so ambitious because you always want to get like a better and better client. Yes. And in the same way, it was just the same for photographers too, right? Mm. But in the same way, where I am now is like having those girls message me made me want to do so much more. Like it made me want to be like, I also want to give you opportunities. I also want to like figure out how I can help shed light on things that will help us in the long run, like help people realize like why they shouldn't judge us or, you know, maybe for models, like, why models aren't stupid or like who these girls are and stuff like that, you know? So I just want to keep working on anything that'll help me get to like that level of, yeah, she's a model, but she's also this. this. And you know, so that's kind of what I'm working on right now. I'm intrigued. What else do you consume in terms of like podcasts? Like who else do you listen to? If you do, is it like Ted talks that you sort of listen to? I do like Ted talks a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I really love girl boss radio, okay. which is, um, the show that is hosted by Sofia Amoruso, who is the, she was the founder, she was the founder and CEO of Nasty Gal, which is now owned by Boohoo. Right. But, um, so she sold it. Um, but now she owns Girl Boss Media, which is okay. also like a dream of mine would be like to have my own like media company. But, um, 
she owns Real Boss Media, and so they have the podcast. She has a book, and they also do like these amazing conferences twice a year. And I went to one in LA, and it was so inspiring because she had all these amazing women. She had like Superwoman, you know, Lily Singh. Yes. She had Lily Singh was there, and um, just like a bunch of amazing women. And I get really inspired by other women. And her podcast was actually the one that made me want to start mine because mm-hmm. I was listening to it, and she just had so many like like everyone from like. Gwyneth Paltrow to like Britt Morin who owns like Brit.co which is she started as a as a blog but now it's a massive like media machine and things like that and I just think that that those kind of women really inspire me to be like okay so we have this power as models like what can we do where do we fit into this like you know you can do so many things with being more than a model like which is also the name of my podcast but yeah you can you can you can you know you can fit into many different areas with that whether it's like you have your own business or you are an activist or whatever the case may be so listening to those women made me be like okay where do I fit in that in whatever whatever my otherness is in terms of like being other than a model what is that otherness for me like you know so and I think for me that's like me sort of like being an activist in media kind of thing and like helping spread messages and educating people and you know what I mean so um that was a great answer (laughs) thanks so girl boss radio I really like there's a couple other ones I I always kind of um I liked cereal cereal which is the one about um the guy who was arrested for this girl's murder like 15 years ago but there's so much proof showing that he like he potentially couldn't have done it. Okay. Um, it's a case from Baltimore. It's, it's super popular. But every episode was this woman, basically, who was doing the detective work, um, who runs like the podcast. Real case like it's real. It's real. Oh, wow. Yeah. And um, every episode was basically kind of her conversations with him in prison over mm-hmm. the phone. You should listen to it. It's super addictive. And then also, converse, it, it was also conversations between her and people that were involved in the case. And it was super cool. That was the one that really first got me onto podcasts. Whoa. That's like, that's like you a should listen to it. Oh my God, it was crazy and scary to listen to. Um, but, and yeah, and then I always try to look for motivational ones. Like I really like, oh, oh and educational ones. Like I really mm-hmm. like Freakonomics. Like I could listen to Freakonomics mm-hmm. and just feel like, holy shit, I just learned about a whole new, <laughs> like, topic that I never knew about before like I love those ones and I love anything motivational I'm like, gonna be taking notes on these because these are ones I've not heard of yeah you I'll should listen like, to them back to so good down. most things on NPR I think are, are or WNYC like um two dope queens I love two dope queens it's um Phoebe Robinson and Jessica Williams they're both I feel like I'm living in the wrong city oh <laughs> yeah this is kind of probably like really NYC stuff but yeah um and they are both um they're both actors, comedians, activists, whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're just so fucking funny. Like, I went to a live recording of one of theirs, and I was dying the whole time. They're so funny, and they're so smart in it. They're such smart, intelligent women, and yeah. I love listening to, to theirs as well. It's really, it's really funny. So, yeah, a wider range of things. Awesome. There's also right. Guys I Fuck. That's a good one. Yes, I've heard yeah, of that. Yeah, Because they one. did the Joe Rogan podcast. Yeah, and, so oh, funny. I was listening to it on the way up and down from a job which is slightly further north here and I was in stitches. It's so just, funny. They were just like, all right, cool. Here it is. Yeah. That's it. And I love that. And I think it's so nice finally that women are like, we don't need to censor ourselves anymore. I'm just going to say what I want to say. Mm-hmm. And if you have a problem, you can put that in your pipe and smoke it. Like, that's great for you. You know? Like- <laughs> I don't know. It, it, that is just one of the stereotypes which is thankfully is dying with generations. Yeah. Um, which does need to go. Yeah, exactly. Because especially like as a guy, you don't want 
the stereotypical like says nothing. You know, obviously I don't think this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, but there is a stereotype of there, especially in the Asian community of like you know, you know, just stays at home, makes fun of all day. Right, right. right? And it's like no, <laughs> who wants this? No, you. And yeah, there are. And like again, I. I feel like when you empower women, you have to empower all women. And yes. there are those women that are totally fine with being a housewife or a homemaker or whatever. And that is not to diminish that. Cause like, that's super difficult as well. Yes. If that's what you want to do, I have zero problem with that. I'm just mm-hmm. saying for me, I wouldn't be happy in, in that yeah. context, you know, but yeah, that's also one of the reasons why I think I fell so hard in love with my fiance because I have so many opinions on things and he just like lets me talk and listens and we have great conversations and he questions things that he doesn't agree with, but he doesn't do it in an argumentative fashion and he doesn't like, it never crosses his mind that like, Oh, why does she think that she has the right to have an opinion? Like that never crosses his mind. Mm -hmm. He, He just is so into the fact that I care about shit, you know? And that was really nice, and that was not what I had experienced before, so. (laughs) Awesome. Well, I'm sure he will love this episode. Yeah. (laughs) Brilliant. Okay, so lastly, where can people find you? So you can find me on Instagram, at LiveShiv, at Mm L-I-V-E-S-H-I-V. People forget the the first... well, the only E. People forget the E. Right. It's L I V E S H I V, and uh, my my uh, sorry, my YouTube is the same. Okay. Um, YouTube.com/slash/liveshiv, and my blog is liveshiv now, which I will be starting back up. It's a 2018 resolution. Um, but uh, yeah, those three places are probably the best places to find me. All right, great. Well, I wish you the best for the rest of the week. Thank and you. People coming on this. Thanks for having me. No worries. We did it. We did it. <laughs> That was awesome. Yeah, it was great. You good? You're good. You did a really good job. <laughs>